Welcome to Back to Reality, a reality TV time machine. I'm your host, Jordan Skinner, and I'm joined this beautiful evening by... Alex Allwine. That's right. Yeah, I said it. Yeah, I said it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This evening, we spent a couple glorious hours watching one of my favorite television shows of all time. I don't know about you, Alex. What is it? It's a little show. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's called... Probably not. Oh, well, if you haven't heard of it, then... No, what's it called? It's called Survivor. No, I haven't heard of it. Oh, that's strange. Um, the, the episode was, uh, it was, it was season masterpiece classics. Mm, Laura Linney. Laura Linney. (laughs) (laughs) Um, season one, episode three, quest for food. Dun, dun, dun. I'm already doing a drop when You're I already doing to. a drop. I'll put that drop in. I'll put it on. I know. I'm going to put it in and then I'm going to make you do the drop. <laughs> and so it's going to be, everyone's going to be like, why'd they do that twice? And I'll be like, because Alex decided she wanted to do it. Her damn self. Because <laughs> I'm um, an independent woman. All right. <laughs> so we start off Survivor Quest for Food, episode three. Here we are. You're here with us. Thank you for listening, et cetera, et cetera, et blah, cetera, blah, blah, blah. Et podcast starting the end. Here we go. Surat Taji. It's not Taji. It's Tagi. I know, but it sounds so much better as Taji. It doesn't matter what it sounds like, though. It's what it is, what it isn't. It's What it is, what it is, what it do, what it do. Okay. Tagi. Um, so we have Kelly and Sue and Sean and Stacy out on a raft mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. Sean doesn't know where the fish are. According to Sean, there are no fish in the ocean Mm-mm. because no, Super overfishing. Pole, overfishing. Yeah. And if if Super Pole five thousand, two thousand, two thousand. If Super Pole two thousand can't catch a fish, mm-hmm. then no one can. Honestly, there are just no fish. In the ocean, none. I mean, Sean's right. That's uh, what I'm saying. I've seen a couple documentaries that would make your scales br- bristle. bristle. <laughs> God damn it! Is that the accurate? Mm, no, it's not. Um, but speaking of fish, did you ever read? Did your mother, whom I love, whomst, whomst I love, whomst you love. I love her so much, mm-hmm. but I won't say her name because that's not the way that we do this. Speaking of my mother, I did get a text message from her uh, because I played her a version of the last episode. And no. she said, uh, thanks for the Creed shout out. Not my <laughs> finest musical moment. <laughs> I don't like As, her feeling ashamed about this. No, it's okay I don't want to like her to feel ashamed. I mean, no. But like. She's going to hear this one, too. And she's going to hear your judgment of her. J- Oops. I'll bleep it out. It's fine. <laughs> I don't judge you. I wish you were my mother. Ex- well, not really. I'll bleep I mean, that part out too. <laughs> I don't mean that, mom. I'm just saying that if I had a second mother, no, I have to say if I had a third mother, because I already have a second mother, like another family that would take me in. But if I had a third family that would take me in, it would be you. And that is to say it would be Jordan's mother, because Jordan's parents are legitimately some of the most so season one They're episode so nice. three stop. Of- <laughs> oh, stop. anyway shout out to jordan's parents um i really really love you guys shout out to you don't know my parents shut up <laughs> all right um anyways so we have Kelly, Sue, Sean, and Stacy, and they're on a raft and sean's like there are no fish mm-hmm. um and then and sue right. sort of pointed out and it seems like it doesn't mean anything but she was like you know rudy's never gone on a on a uh, what is it a water run oh yeah to the tank the yeah, big tupperware yeah. in the ground and i feel like she's sort of like setting setting him up and like sort of planting the seeds of doubt in his yeah. ability because as we know bb even though he's voted out last episode bb and rudy the sort of old farts if you will mm-hmm. <laughs> of these old uh, two, past gas you're right yeah well, old past gas we have uh, of these tribes many young listeners to all our young <laughs> listeners out there stay in school school is cool mm. um 
they they were the ones that actually built up the tribe. They uh-huh. set up the tribe. They built the infrastructure. They have these sort of things oh, down. That's debatable. Is it? For Rudy, I feel like. Who was no Richard? Richard's the one in. I think for mm. he's the puppet master. Was I? Maybe he is the puppet master. But was there a montage of him building shit? No. There also wasn't a montage of Rudy building shit. You're, it's just BB kicked ass at building everything. Yeah, BB you're was right. Really I don't great. remember anything that Rudy did. BB was really dope. You're right. You're right. Anyways, um, the prevailing idea is that these two ex Navy SEALs yeah. in their respective tribes. Now the BB's gone, but still Rudy would be able to contribute something to his tribe. Yeah. Um, but now Sue on this raft, hanging out with these people. Stacy, the I don't do anything. Sean, the I don't think anything because I'm an idiot. Mm-hmm. And um, Kelly, who I think the is river the river guide. Mm-hmm. I think she's the real sleeper of this tribe. Oh, like, she is. She gonna dude. get to the end. She gonna get to the end. I like Kelly. Mm-hmm. I don't, but I do like Kelly. I'm conflicted about Kelly. I think Kelly's playing a good game. Yeah, she, she is. stays quiet when she needs to stay quiet. Yeah, which is not. Something that everybody does. Basically, the, the talk though goes like uh, Rudy's stealing food. He he's the cook, but he's not contributing anything other than that. And when he's cooking, he's yeah. just stealing food. And yeah. then, um, and I mean that's kind of the thing that Sue's planting, or at least through the edit of what this segment is. That's what she's planning in the minds of these people that she's on the raft with. Um, but at the same time, I guess. What had happened was uh, she was like, I'm going to vote out the person that's not contributing to the tribe at this point. And then Stacy, in all of her wisdom, it's like, uh, she means me. Oh, damn. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny because because Sue's like, "Mm, Mm. got you, Stacy. No, because she wouldn't talk about who specifically. That's the main thing. She wouldn't talk about. And that's how Stacy knew when she was doing her confessional voiceover thing. She's yeah. like, yeah, Sue wouldn't say who it was she was going to vote out because they weren't contributing to the tribe. So I knew it was me, which maybe not, but also definitely, yeah. Death, yeah. Death, Defo. yeah. Defo. I just feel like, and I will say this probably multiple times in this if episode. If I've said it once, I'll I've said it. again. Stacy is delusional. Yeah. Yeah. Um, either way, congrats on Sue in putting that sort of like weirdness in these people and, and making it a friction. Sue is just trying to keep Portland weird, you know? <laughs> Sue's got <laughs> Sue's gotta keep Boulder weird How bumper, many bumper sticker. stickers do you think that <laughs> Sue has on her truck? That is my question. It's just a bunch of like keep blank weird it's like austin keep austin weird keep, i feel like she, no, no i feel like she's much more keep, direct in her bumper stickers keep santa fe weird i think she's got a the only band that matters are the tune yards sticker that's what she has i feel like she no nah, dude sue goes hard for fish <gasps> shout out to no, all my no 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 <laughs> No, no, no. We will not bring that into this podcast. You do not bring fish into this space. I. Why are you saying it? Because there are no fish in the Stop ocean. Say- Moving on. Uh, uh, Pagong. Gretchen, crazy. Colleen, Greg. They're out in the wilderness trying to find tapioca. Which is. It's not going well. Which is what? What is tapioca? Mm-hmm. They're like hitting. They're just like hitting they're, trees yeah, with knives. They're and like, being this like, vine looks purple. It must be tapioca. No, because no one knows what tapioca is. I did some research on tapioca and found out that it is a starch that is extracted from the cassava root. The if fact you that go, they look, even said that as a possibility was kind of ridiculous Like, to me. look it up. Look on the internet. Like, if you Google what <laughs> is tapioca, <laughs> list, the internet can tell you so many things. There is one thing it can't tell you, and that is what tapioca is. No one knows. No one knows exactly what type of mixture, solution, or polymer. Polymer. <laughs> Is it a liquid, solid, plasma? We don't know. Or is it a polymer? (laughs) The cassava root. All we know is it somehow arrives in suburban supermarkets in the form of pudding. 
see your nearest Trader Joe's for some very Trader tasty Joe's. That's bougie. tapioca. Um, One thing they do find, though, instead of tapioca, is a mud pit. A mud pit. Yes. We watched the show uh, just to uh, keep ourselves honest. We watch it with subtitles, so we mm. don't like misquote uh, no, anything. No, because I can't actually hear things, which it's, I've realized. Yeah. <clears throat> it's all the yelling you do. Uh. <laughs> um, so a lot of people they have dialogue blah 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 they're talking um, there mm-hmm. is a new character introduced and it is this this really beautiful uh, like mud volcano right and it has a little bit of dialogue too we find out from the subtitles it goes bloop <laughs> bloop 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 uh. I thought that was really fun Jordan was thoroughly amused. Um, All right, we're cutting that part out. (laughs) (laughs) We're not. Don't cut it out. Um, So basically, you had the whimsical members of the Pagong tribe covering themselves. Gretchen Gretchen was just with. And Gretchen uh, covering themselves (laughs) in mud. And uh, Colleen makes a Lord of the Flies reference. No, because Colleen and Greg come back and someone's like, they came back looking like Lord of the Flies or something. It was Greg, uh, Colleen, and Gretchen, actually. The first three that actually found the mud pit. Yeah. And then they came back and they showed everybody else. And everyone else was like, I'd love to blow off some steam or whatever the fuck was going on. Um, and then there is a shot of Joel, not and a minute later, um, they're enjoying like a, himself a bit too much. It's like a an orgy. It's a, a mud, mud, orgy, mud orgy, and they're running train on one another, just giving a bunch of back rubs. When you say running train, it, it's more like a hmm. massage train. It's it's like <laughs> something you would do. It seems like in a in okay. say a theater warm up. Okay. All right. Yes, it is. A th- <laughs> They're all doing like a it is theater, a theater warm, up. warm up of really getting in there, digging deep with your thumbs and massaging, massaging the other person. Massaging the other person, as Sean Connery would say. Hard or soft massage. But at the same time, Jordan, we don't know that they're not running train. We don't because... We don't. Those producers are sneaky. So Meanwhile, <laughs> back at Toggy, mm, because good. I don't want to talk about good, good. any real actual mud orgies that might have happened. <laughs> Richard's lounging and Dirk is praying. Mm. Yep. Everyone is everyone is pretty low energy at this point. Silent, tranquil, exhausted. Whatever adjectives Starving. you want to use. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Dirk... Um, so I guess every survivor actually gets to bring a luxury item with them onto the beach. Yeah, and instead of bringing out. something useful, Dirk brings... Well, no, no, no. Sorry, to I be shouldn't. fair, what? to be fair, this might be useful to him, or so he thinks. In his, You could hit a rat with it and kill it and eat it. No, he thought that an imperative item would be his Bible. And so he brought Le that. Bible. And um, one of the quotes is, My testimony is not something that I'm afraid to share. And then Sue uh, chimes in right after saying, I went to church, Mm -hmm. put my time in. I believe in God and all that. Right. But Mm. Dirk's really starting to annoy me. (laughs) (laughs) Candid as always. Can always count on Sue. (laughs) This episode, I really came to love Sue. (laughs) I appreciate Sue. And then, uh, yeah. I won't say anything else because I don't remember any of these. There's also another... This is the... uh, this is the other love romance story is Dirk, Dirk and Kelly, but Except it's a it's story not, of unrequited love. It's not even it. <laughs> um, it's not necessarily even unrequited love. I just feel like it's one of those things that the producers put in that's like, oh, they're totally in love or that um, they're interested in one another when really Dirk says plainly, he's like, oh, I love you, but like in a platonic sort of way. He has, he has. And... We come to distrust that yeah. because we're like, oh, no, he definitely doesn't mean that because they've already set it up that they're romantic. But I'm like, no. Well, because we find out that probably the Dirk is a God fearing man. And Kelly is a long term boyfriend. Like, come and now. Dirk is a 23 year old virgin. Yes. That is something that they put out there. Which as there's well. nothing wrong with. I will <laughs> say. Don't yeah. laugh at that. No, the way that you said that, you're like, there's nothing 
wrong with that? Like the voice got higher. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> it's just that when you throw that in the mix. Well, here's the thing. Everybody was commenting in their confessional. They're like, if he's a, I've never met a 23-year-old version. And I was like, really? The thing is... 23 is not old. Listen, like, Alex, it, this was the... This was 2000. No, it doesn't matter. Back in 2000, <laughs> you were expected to have a child at, you know, 16, 17. I think you're confusing because 2000 died. with the 16th century. Oh, and you're right. Yeah. Oh, God, I always mix those up. It's fine. They're basically the same. I understand what you're saying. I think the real problem, though, <laughs> with the, the virgin status mm. is it just really gives them all... Uh, it gives them all a really good... Um, shut the fuck up Dirk line that they can use when he's trying to preach. Well, I don't think any of them have. That's the thing. Nobody's talking about it except in confessional. No, they're straight up razzing about it. They're, Were Sue's, they? Yeah, Sue was like, no. Sue was like, oh, you've never had sex before? Well, you should try it. He's like, I'm going to love it. It's going to be, it's going to be God's, holy. It's going to be in yeah, God's, yeah. it's going to be in God's way. She's I don't like, feel like that's razzing though. They could be like, shut the fuck up, virgin. Like that's different. <laughs> like, Zing. <laughs> Oh, wordplay banter. That's in nineties, right? Um two thousands, please. Two thousands. Excuse me. Two thousands. Um no, I I don't know. I just feel like they were sort of digesting it personally and they were gonna Weirdly enough, actually, here's the mm-hmm. thing. I feel like people have been pretty introspective about their beliefs, about the way in which other people commence their lives in terms of Richard, in terms of Dirk, what we see anyways through the editing is most of the pushback is confessional. Actually, we don't necessarily see a conflict between two survivors being like, Hey, you really talk about being gay too much or Hey, you really talk about being Christian too much or whatever it is. No, like we, we do. don't see Dirk that. Dirk and Richard come head to I head. I don't No, I don't think that's actually true. I don't think they come head to head. I think you just hear two no, of Dirk them straight saying, up says, Hey, you sure talk about sex a lot. I wish you wouldn't talk about your no, sexuality. He doesn't say, that much. No, he doesn't say I wish you wouldn't. He's like, You sure do talk about sex a lot and then we never get to hear the rebuttal. Yeah, we do. Richard says, like, if I if I talk about, you know, sex is making someone uncomfortable, I'll stop. And he's like, and I think that's what I've been doing. I did not remember that part. Yeah. Wow. It's really uncomfortable. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> Dirk's like, Yeah, well, I just wish you'd stop. Yeah, Dirk is very much of the camp of, I wish you would stop shoving your gayness down my throat, et cetera, It's et so cetera. large. It's so large. And so... Um, stiff. Stiff. Next up is the reward challenge. So, um... Jeff Probst mm. is on a sand dune, and he's walking towards us, sandy, towards the camera. A sandy cohog. Strongly, on a very well-lit beach. It's daytime, so that's why um, it's well In lit, my notes, I just have in all capital letters, glory. <laughs> glory. <laughs> I wrote, uh, white shirt, beautiful beach. Mm single shell on the necklace because he's starting to get wild with the necklaces he's getting because the man knows how to accessorize mm-hmm. and i think there's something to be said because in later there's something to be said about any man that knows how to yes, accessorize exactly especially accessorizing on island time mm. which is where jeff Probst lives mm. um he's also uh talking about something and um and we maybe didn't... it's hard to listen to when his shirt is unbuttoned um to the so, fourth uh, button it's yeah. fine his hairline is um, just appropriately a little bit set back because he's in his mid forties. Um. Back at Pagong, there's tree mail. <laughs> we find out it's that. Richard, and he's running. He's running to get the tree mail, just like Tom Cruise and. In, in every in movie, movie he's ever yeah. in, yeah. Running and running, but it looks more like Tom Hanks running. And I don't know if you know the differentiation between that, Tom Hanks and Tom Cruise, but certainly Richard is running like a Tom. Sorry, you said two names. Those are different people? Yeah, Tom Hanks. He's running like a Tom Hanks, even though you would want him to write 
Oh, you got a text? Oh, sorry. If I oh, you texted somebody? No, it's probably my mom. Can I text her back if it is? It's your my mom? sorry. It's my dad. Hmm. He said he likes our podcast. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, honey. So does Toby. Shout um, out to my dog Toby. Um, so. Richard is running like Tom Cruise and or Hanks. No, Hanks. He's and running like Cruise. Tom Hanks. Anytime that Tom Hanks runs in Castaway, that is how Richard is running at this point. And he gets the tree mail and mm-hmm. he reads it, and it's it's a hold your breath, hold your kind breath of kind of challenge. Yeah. yeah. And then we go back to Pagong. Yes. Joel gets the tree mail, and his face is stupid. That is what my note said, so I read it. Good, insightful. <laughs> Jervis is worried about um, swimming because it's yeah, not Jervis, his strong suit. Well, and he, yeah, Jervis can't really swim. Um, and he's saying, you know, this is something that makes me feel really vulnerable and I don't like it, but picking up the slack for someone that can't, you know, perform a skill adequately enough for the rest of the team is what a team does. Yeah, exactly. Which I agreed with, but it was also like, this is the first season of Survivor, and that is not the way that this game. You're on island time now. Honestly. Yeah. Um, then, uh, Pagong Congo lines into the challenge, which I wrote in my notebook, gross. Uh, yeah, it was gross. It was I didn't gross. like that conga line. I didn't like it either. What they weren't at the last uh, tribal council, were they? Yeah, they were. BB. So I it's all that. good. It's all good Regardless, because this is not an immunity. This is a reward. And mm-hmm. what is the reward? The reward is a fishing spear. Yeah. Um, so you have actually in the end, you find out it's a it's a fishing spear. A set of goggles, a snorkel, and some flippers. Which is like... Kind of... Kind of awesome yeah, for I mean, a that's, bunch of that's, starving that's people on a beach. Yeah. for people that have been trying to catch fish and don't know what the fuck to do with that. But you that. don't need it if you have Super Pole 2000. Please don't. Okay, sorry, we're not even going to go uh, there. Ugh. All right, so the reward challenge. Um, what they have to do is swim out from the beach to an inner tube and each person in the tribe has to have a hand on the inner tube and then they have to dive for some sunken treasure which is actually a treasure chest on the bottom on the floor of the ocean basically every member has to have a hand on the chest when they reach the shore um and they have to step onto the mat and that's how they win but um one of the things that we noticed actually watching the challenge was there wasn't as we know it, any strict rule about how many people could could touch the chest at one time while it was underwater trying to move it towards the shore. Yeah. But I think um, the strategy, as we know it, was two people at a time. One pushing, one pulling. Um, Which was quite interesting because I think that everyone, or I noticed that anyone and everyone could contribute. I think people that had more upper body strength could pull and maybe that predominantly happened to be the men they could pull but the people that could push had more lower body strength thighs legs and that happened to be women Mm -hmm. and it worked out really well and also the the great equalizer was like breath holding yeah like there were people who would get down there and like do really got good job of pushing and then they'd get tired and they'd be like ah shit i need to and then the other person would be stuck there to pull and pull and yeah yeah colleen greg i mean colleen did a great job but then greg stayed a few extra seconds longer just to pull more yeah and it was also crazy because while this is happening and you're slowly dragging this heavy treasure chest along the 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 beach bottom Mm -hmm. everyone else is just treading water out there in the waves and i was trying i i you don't get a good sense of like the real time uh, aspect of it all, but yeah. it seems like for especially like thinking of Jervis who can't swim, they do give him like a little floaty device mm-hmm. uh, to help him with Can this. Can he not swim or is he just not a strong I, swimmer? I could not actually I, figure I out think, which one it was. Uh, I don't think he can swim. Oh, okay. I don't think he can swim without flotation. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, they're just treading water out there it's crazy that would be a long time yeah which i i mean i look at these challenges and i look at 
whatever it is that they're doing, I think, is there any other way that you could have done this? Mm-hmm. Is there any other way that would have been equally, if not more so effective? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Do you think that if you had done more than two at a time, would it have been effective for the tribe that was pursuing this? No, because you need the time to like recoup. I mean, exerting yourself underwater while holding your breath, it's yeah. good to like reoxygenate. So to rotate like that is, I think, the right idea. I think they were both doing the right thing. It's just Toggy really did a better job. They yeah, won. they pulled they ahead at the end towards, pretty decisively. and then very quickly they got to a point where they could all stand up and hold yeah. on to the chest and move forward to the mat, and they won the reward challenge. And they got the the fishing gear. And yeah. So we we kind of cut back after that to Toggy, and we find out that uh, Richard is secretly a merman <laughs> because he's like uh, freakishly good at spearfishing. Yeah, I think. I mean, maybe it's not even freakishly good, but it's like... It's just that he's the only one who's willing who's to do it. Who's endeavored to actually dive beneath the surface and not use a super pole and be bullshit yeah, and weird. Yeah, he goes out with a bunch of other people, mainly Sean. Uh, I mean, well, here's like the thing. Also, the way in trip. which that he is doing his spear fishing seems intuitive. Like, if you or I were doing that as well, I wouldn't be trying to, like, randomly in the ocean stab like free swimming fish yeah. i'd look for ones that were in crevices or ones that were underneath this or he looks for eels he looks for skates slash manta rays as they call them which is ridiculous it, it's the same thing it's not <laughs> um but the yeah the way in which that he hunts is much more intelligent Hunt. he's hunting yeah he hunts in the an intelligent way like... and the others are just sort of I mean, it doesn't matter. Literally sitting on a raft and heckling him while he comes up with fish. Yeah, because he comes up and he, one of the first things that he's caught is, as I say, a skate, which is what I believe it actually is, even though they call it some sort of derivative of a manta ray. Yeah. It's a small, winged, flat, pancakey animal with a, a tail. But yeah, so he has a few... A uh, very small baby stingray, but they're skates. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna call it right there. They're skates, um, mm-hmm. but they look like for people that don't know what skates are, they look like a very more angular, triangular manta ray thing. It's like you know how roller skates have four wheels. Okay, these are All fish. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Such a fucker. Um, so he. I guess gets about like three in a row and Sean's like, you know, bring, uh, bring us back something that looks like a fish. And I'm like, go He's fuck like, yourself, here. Sean. You He's haven't like, caught I'm out, shit. I'm out here fishing. I'm out here fishing for fish. What are these? I've decided that yeah. my Sean impression mm-hmm. is just going to be a really like a Jerry like a Seinfeld thrift store. Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> Have you heard about the poll? You know about the poll? <laughs> mm-hmm. 2000. Our, yeah. It's, a, it's the Super Bowl 2000. I got, I got to get a better Jerry Seinfeld. You're doing really well for not actually caring about this impression because I don't and I know that you don't. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Sean's being extra about not being supportive. Oh, it's Sean and Dirk. So it's yeah. like the two Richard haters on the boat. And yeah, and Dirk says, yeah. I think this is a direct quote. He says, "the the big gay man can swim." Here's the thing: Just Dirk has a problem, up. yes, with Richard because he's gay and because yeah. of the Bible, etc. Sean is what I would consider equally, if not the most homophobic person just by virtue mm-hmm. of the the fucking quotes that you get out of these episodes he, Sean, the things he says to richard are more offensive than dirk's confessional almost being like hey i don't appreciate him being this homosexual about things like because at least it I comes mean, from a place whereas dean which is his real name is sean but i call him dean in my head shout out to all of our listeners named dean um there's nothing wrong with you. Yeah, there's something wrong with you. Change your name. Change it now. Change it. But it just seems like every single time Sean opens his mouth, I 
the thing I, I mean what you're saying though is like I mean it's, it's not less... an either or it's not a comparative <laughs> thing I understand yeah. that I'm not gonna actually put that forth as my true assessment of the situation like both of them have bigoted perspectives um having to do with this man Richard like and I'm not Richard gets a I think well-deserved satisfaction of just fucking showing them up while they're sitting on that little raft and he's just mopping up the fish he's elegant he's fucking he elegant is a merman while fishing and it's beautiful and no one believed he would catch a fish he's beautiful in the water did. and then he walks onto the beach and you realize he's wearing socks He's wearing socks. Well, on the that beach. is the infamous sort of Richard way of being. I think later in the episodes, especially towards the end, his socks are ripped in half. It's one and of my favorite drinks, actually. Socks on the beach. Mm. Richard's socks on the beach. It's a it's a very specific that one. and a uh, yeah. Negroni. <laughs> <laughs> back, um, meanwhile, back at Pagong. <laughs> the thing that wait before we go. Okay. The thing that I liked. And which I agreed with the most, and I wrote mean, <laughs> was when um, Sean was complaining about the type of fish that Richard was getting. Uh, yeah. And then Richard says, I'm not sure of the logic here. And then I wrote, me neither. Yeah. <laughs> Makes no fucking Richard sense. Is He's like, like, we don't even know if these taste good. And I'm like, but you're about to eat rats. Why the fuck? Richard's treading water, holding ah. a spear with a fucking skate at the end of it. And he's like, I'm not sure I see the logic here. Mm-hmm. Anyway. And then finally, of course, Sean says, I don't know what I'd do without the gay perspective anyways. As a redeeming and uh, aggrandizing and complimentary sentence. That's Sean's whole deal, though. He's completely incompetent. Mm -hmm. He has nothing to offer. But he's willing to emasculate or rather, more appropriately, diminish anyone. He's willing to gift. Yeah everyone else with his ideas and he's like yeah i'm a funny guy and people like to be around me i'm like no you're a fucking stump of wood and people tolerate you you. everyone well here's the thing we don't know if anybody likes him we don't like him that is the truth and if we don't then no no one one does (laughs) never mind (laughs) (laughs) so we're back at pagong there we are um, and they are bemoaning the loss of the fishing spear to the other yeah. tribe, and they're trying to get some rat meat. And along comes Greg with one of the most incredible contraptions yeah. I've ever seen. So he makes this snare trap, um, and it looks like the first top half is a bow, as in bow and arrow. Yeah. It's a bow. And then they have this sort of cylindrical, it's like almost a l- like tubular thing. It's like a large piece thing. of bamboo that looks kind of like a toilet paper mm-hmm. roll. So the tension that's created through the bow actually snaps down the snare that will collect the rat within this cylindrical so you contraption like, you like bait the tube mm-hmm. and there's like a noose in the tube yeah. and when you hit the it's incredible yeah and he shows it off and like yeah this is a recent ivy league grad mm-hmm. from colorado he, yeah he definitely did some sort of like scholastic like scholastic decathlon at some point in his life and he do you think it. he's a mathlete oh you ain't got nothing on me from my grades to my lines you can't touch kevin g no maybe um so anyways they're trying to get some mat some mat uh, some rat meat and they create this this snare and their sad violin music and then so they've caught some rats because the snare works it works great really well it works really well good for fucking him like that's amazing and it looks really good and very simple and pretty ingenious um, and then we have Greg talking about eating a rat. Everybody, it mm. seems as though people are having trouble um, ingesting rat meat. And then Greg says um, questions of edibility only have to do with your perceptions, which Jordan resolutely said, <laughs> no. That's not true. (laughs) It's not. It's completely not true. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with you. I might be on Greg's team. Yeah. Yeah. Questions of edibility only have to do with your perception. Yeah. You. So if I gave you poison Mm -hmm. and you were like, this won't hurt me. If I truly believed it or if I believed you telling me that it wouldn't hurt me. Yeah. 
What if I didn't tell you anything and I gave you poison and I was like, this is pancakes. You love pancakes. I know that's your favorite food. And you'd be Pancake. like, pancakes never hurt. Never hurt nobody. Mm -hmm. Psych, it's poison. It has nothing to do with your perception. My perception is that pancakes never hurt nobody. So I would eat them because you wouldn't have said, psych, it's poisoned. So but I would have eaten them. But they wouldn't be edible because it would kill you. Yeah, but like to the point. So then perception. No, because when I had eaten them, my perception was that they were not poisonous and that they were great and yummy and delicious. And then only after the fact would I would have you realize that they were not edible? Yes, but then so my then perception would have changed. To... <laughs> no, my perception of the events would have changed at Let that me point. Ask you mm. a question: How can your perception change? When you're dead from poison. From one moment to another. When from I real poison. No, no. In the moment that I realized that I was poisoning myself, like my insides started turning against one another. It'd be so fast you wouldn't even know. There would be a split second no, of no, recognition. Because of the one that I chose. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're right. Never mind. There's no comeback to this. No, no, no. Shut up. You would know. <laughs> you would know. It'd be so fast. It'd be so fast those pancakes. Would. You're speaking like a five-year-old boy at this point. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm my six poison, and a half. my poison is so much faster than everybody else's poison. You wouldn't I even have know. A visible shield. You came. <laughs> uh. In any case, Ramona and Jervis have a real big issue with eating rat, which is kind of what it comes down to. Is that so? Joel's like, hey, Ramona taste this rat and she's like what does it taste like he's like it tastes kind of like chicken and no, he says it's kind of it, it, like it kind of does and then she goes well the poorest we ever got in the ghetto we never ate rats that's a quote from Ramona 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 and, Ramona. Ramona and I sort of like <laughs> it hit my heart um yeah because Joel God and damn. Joel's doing a really bad job of selling it, and he's just yeah. like, "She's like, what does it taste like?" And he's like, "Rat." And he's like, "Oh, no, kind of like tastes ch like chicken yeah. if you use your imagination." She's like, "How much imagination do you want me to use?" <laughs> I love she, that response. Yeah, she's she's not having any of his bullshit, but he does get her to try a little bit. And she keeps it down. Keeps it down. First things first. And she passes another little bit to Jervis. And then Jervis is like, let's catch some more rats. He says, actually. Yeah, he's very excited. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Um, it's on to the break of dawn, like hot buttered popcorn. <laughs> is that the way he says it? Because of rat. Because of eating a rat. Because of Jervis. Um, firstly, I would also like to say, actually, about Ramona, she is a biochemist, uh -huh. and uh, she's fighting disease-fighting drugs. That's what she's. So basically, sorry, she's, she's fight. Okay, say that she's in. I don't want to say farm. I don't know if it's pharmaceuticals, but she is uh, researching disease-fighting drugs. That is what I have off of my research of her she's from hampton virginia she comes from a single parent household she went to howard university for her bachelor's um and also her um master's in chemistry she was in delta sigma theta sorority oh, she's a sorority yeah. girl okay. she has a black belt in karate whoa yeah no way and um her luxury item that she brought to survivor was a journal do we see that ever i don't know i think maybe in the next episode perhaps but i don't remember exactly um somebody i think it's not an uncommon item to bring actually it's a pretty good item honestly yeah i think someone else brought a journal as well it might have been kelly or jenna maybe because we see someone writing that and it may be ramona i'm not exactly sure yet um, but regardless, she ends up eating the rat to very ominous music. <laughs> yeah. Um, tension builds. And then, uh, what do you know? It's fine. <laughs> and, um, it's what I always say. It's just a matter of perception. <laughs> Meanwhile, tree mail, <laughs> Sean nipple ring gets the tree mail and it's an Island telegram. 
and it is within the style of a telegram that after every word they say the word stop um this stop mm-hmm. telegram stop is stop to stop like that uh, yeah it's um, the immunity challenge it though. is it's, it's an important. immunity challenge so it's a dramatic role play type scenario mm-hmm. where um one of each of the tribes are stuck up in a tree it's a rescue scenario so someone is parachuted down into this jungle and they've got caught in the trees and then each team has to rescue them and build a stretcher in which they can carry them through the jungle Mm -hmm. and to a first aid sort of checkpoint i guess you would say um and that is how you win immunity it seems very simple and guess what it is (laughs) <laughs> but the fun, the, like the fun part of it is that uh, they get to build their stretchers before going to the challenge. Uh-huh. So that's like kind of a like cool off of little the clue. They trick. know uh, that they have to carry someone. They choose the lightest member of their yeah. team. So you have Colleen and you have Kelly, um, right? Yeah, Kelly. Um, so we have Pagong and Colleen weighs virtually nothing. God, she's like 10 um, she. They make, I think this is the one that makes them out of um, chicken. No, that's uh, that's uh, Toggy. Toggy does the chicken wire. Kelly's team does the chicken wire. Okay. The other team does like uh, just bamboo, but they do this really weird thing where they're like they like strap her in by yeah, her head I mean, and her actually, chest. They can, it, like, it seems like an extra measure, but they. They, so uh, she won't bounce off. One of the provisions basically. is like let's strap her whole body in in case we turn over the stretcher and we don't want her to fall out. Yeah, which I thought was pretty. Um, and when you're working with ten pounds of human flesh, uh, you know. I thought it was smart, actually. <laughs> if no, it is. If yeah. Survivor, in and of itself, as a game, had been more intelligent or more uh, facetious or devious, that probably could have come into play, but it hadn't to this point in time so they just flipped her over and it was a funny thing to see because they win anyway pagong wins so pagong wins like by uh it's pretty um easily discernible yeah <laughs> like they get there real quick and yeah. i don't know why Toggy is still running and i'm like uh, oh yeah um, pagong wins and they're celebrating and then like Toggy stumbles into the finish and still decides to finish the job which yeah. respect respect and to be honest the way that that ended was very much a letdown in terms of the dramatic structure of the episode. The whole, like, the <laughs> whole challenge was like it was just a really weird challenge. You didn't get to like see any drama to it. You just saw a lot of uh, dangling people in jumpsuits. I feel like they learned from this though. Yeah. The people that they have on Survivor are not actors. No. So you're not going to get something that's like superiorly or superly rather uh dramatic so um, don't do a role-playing challenge yeah, just make it like that. endurance make, or yeah, physical en- or make it physical mental. make it endurance whatever it is make there be an end result that you have to get through a certain way yeah like don't make it more than it needs to be anyways um and then i guess the reward basically for the immunity challenge was uh, to walk to bird island because they need to exert more energy for the view slash the good uh the helicopter shot yeah right like uh, (laughs) because it's really cool because bird uh, island's like this tiny little stump of a rock that like peaks out at low tide and it's got a single tree on it and so they could just walk out to it and he's like you yeah know, they Jack went Probst to go is like oh the the immunity idol is in the tree so walk out to bird island and grab your immunity i'd be idol. like one person walks out to bird island and grabs it. everyone the rest else of are gonna sit and take fucking, a nap yeah go to sleep take now. a knee now oh i'd be so fucking annoyed anyways back at toggy um so stacy is talking about in her delusional way everyone's really worried about getting voted out just like me and i'm like no not everyone's worried stacy it's you and a few other people because they it's know basically stacy and it's rudy two people because oh my god stacy stacy and rudy both know they're the contenders to go home because this week. it is as much as it hmm, most of the people that you have in a confessional or 
the people giving feedback about who they're going to vote off yeah. are talking about who's contributing the most to the tribe. Yeah. And you have people that are physically and tangibly contributing, Rudy. And then you have people that are lacking I just in presence or I don't even fucking know. It just seems she like Stacy does yeah. nothing. We have an award to give out at yes, the Toggy Tribe. Who was the first ever in Survivor to say the phrase? I'm not here to make friends. I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to wipe, to wipe, to wipe, to wipe, to wipe. I didn't come on the show to make friends. I'm not here to make friends. AKA the INHTMF award goes to Woo! Kelly. Kelly. She did it. She's not here to make friends. She's bitches. not. Motherfucker. Oh. <laughs> so. Yeah, they're all hiking through the jungle at this point. We only hear this over voiceover, but this is the only true and pure form of this phrase that we have heard to date. I'm not here to make friends. Mm-mm. No, no, she's she not. She's a river guide from Las Vegas, Nevada. It's pouring rain on their walk, and it stays pouring rain through the entirety of Tribal Council. They get to Tribal Council, and they There's each, no awning. And there's really nothing to protect there's them. There's nothing to protect them. In the elements, they're ringing a gong. Each mm. of them are hitting a gong that we don't see in any other seasons of Survivor. They really get rid of it. They do, yeah. But, like, I applaud them. I they're like trying the to gong. get really... Um, ceremonial they're very specific and very sentimental with a lot of what has to do with the first tribal councils of these first teams so they're each individually ringing a gong as they come into tribal council not only the gong we're also introduced to another construct this uh episode Mm -hmm. which i don't remember being in any other episodes we'll see if it comes back in another one it does it does yeah the 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 talking stick conch shell uh, which Jeff Probst kind of passes along to people because you're only allowed to talk if you're holding the conch shell, a la, uh, Allah. a la, a la, a la, a la. It's like something a second grade teacher does. It makes so much sense, though, <laughs> for this group of people. Come on. They can't handle their, yeah. their, their, their shit. And then he says uh, something to the effect of, is there, you know... There's some things that you can't say in camp. So if there's anything that you want to say now, if you want to speak your mind, please hold this shell and do so, which I thought was uh, supremely misleading Mm -hmm. (laughs) for a lot of people. Um, But I mean, fine. That's a framing device that they use. Go ahead and do it. So Sean uh, was the first person to receive a kind of question or prompt, if you will. And it's basically like, are you insecure about the fact that um, Richard is catching fish? A fish. Fish. So much fish. So much fish. Um, That Richard is catching fish and you are an incompetent fool. I mean, basically, that's kind of like... That's a direct quote. I think that's exactly what he says. That's pretty much what he said. Yeah. And then Sean was like, no, I'm not worried about it. I'm so happy that we're getting fish, blah, blah, blah. The homosexual, I don't really know. That's pretty much yeah, a direct says, quote uh, as well. He says, uh, I'm just here. I'm keeping people healthy. Mm. I'm keeping people entertained. Uh, which I debatable. think <laughs> he's doing neither of those <laughs> things. <laughs> Very debatable. I wrote in my notes, no, and then parentheses, yes. Are you insecure? That's what that was. Mm, mm-hmm. um, then we go to Stacy, who is kind of making a last mm. ditch effort by being like, I ate bugs, um, referring to yeah. like the larva challenge before. And I'm like, bitch, that she was so says, like, And then she said the weirdest thing was like, the games coming up are my real strong point. And I'm like, how do you? You are just... You don't know that. You don't know. You're talking out your ass. Yeah. Why are you saying that? It was... uh, 
strange and uncomfortable. She's like all the other seasons of this first season reality <laughs> TV show I've sh- I've seen mm. have led me to believe that the upcoming challenges are the ones I'll be good at. Right in my wheelhouse. No, yeah, no, Ma'am. no. I agree with her. I believe her in the end. Um, Jordan. Yes, Alex. Um, were you in this tribal council? Who would you vote for? It's pretty obvious. I'd I'd vote for Stacy. Oh, why? Uh, cause I don't like her. <laughs> See, um, <laughs> how about you, Alex? I would, would you also vote for, for Stacy, not because I necessarily <laughs> wanted to vote her out. I think actually it would be more beneficial to keep Stacy at this point because she's so not well liked and I'm she's so oblivious. A, I'm sensing a pattern. No, here's the thing. Like, if I had my druthers, yeah. I would vote someone out that actually meant something. But because most of the tribe was irritated with her performance just in general as a person existing on this earth, uh-huh. I would definitely go along with it. But yeah. if, like, I had the power to convince somebody of something, like, if I had the power to convince an entire you'd say tribe. Sh- you'd do Sean. No, I wouldn't do Sean because I think he digs his own grave. I'd probably yeah. get out Richard if I were in this tribe. Ah, if I were ah, in this tribe, ah. I would get him gone because he'd already shown um, that he was competent Strength. and that he could provide something. I mean, one of the quotes is like, I provide the fish, so don't get rid of me, et cetera, et cetera. Like, yeah. I mean, not a quote, a paraphrase, but still, like, I would, if. I had the power to make everybody else agree with me and make the vote go my way. I would get rid of somebody that was an actual, like that was an actual threat. But because it's this early in the game, kind of like we discussed, this is the survivor part of survivor, right? You have to go with popular opinion in the beginning. I think it's not the time to start making moves anyways. And guess who goes? Stacy, a torrential downpour um, commences, and Stacy is voted off. Everyone kind of just wants to get the fuck out. Yeah. So, <laughs> Even Jeff Probes is like, all right, we're just going to read these real quick. So fun, fun little moments at the end, right? Stacy gets voted off, and she stands up, and, and she just says to no one in particular, you switched your vote. Because mm. she was so sure she knew how everyone was going to vote. Also, there's no flame on mm-hmm. her torch to snuff out. Because and Jeff's brain. like, well, looks like the weather's already decided. And Jeff is really, really wet, guys. He's he's sodden at this point. He's so wet. He's going to have to. And he reveals some kind of uh, male pattern baldness in his family. But I don't even mind it, really. Like, I saw it, but I didn't mind it. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm. mm-hmm. Jeff? It's not going in the front, it's going on the sides. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And or it it's just... sort of like a fryer tuck thing where you have like a lot happening in the fronts and then also the sides. But mostly in the center, it's just um, shiny. What? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When I look at Jeff Probst, I think <laughs> fryer tuck. When I look at Jeff Probst. <laughs> I don't even want to say what I'm thinking. Anyways, um, (laughs) so once again, something that is very um, particular to season one of Survivor is they don't read all the votes. Almost as if when he goes to tally the votes, they don't put them in some sort of sequential order that's going to heighten the the drama. Um, Or the the trauma. Or the trauma, depending (laughs) on who you are. But I feel like they do that in the next season and then all the seasons yeah. uh, past that. But this first season, they're like, it doesn't even fucking matter what the last <laughs> vote is, right. man. I'm like, it does. Cause somebody has to know who voted them off. It's a numbers game type of thing. So like it, it makes me feel bad. Not makes me feel bad, but it's like less of a strategic advantage. If you don't know all of the votes outright, because oh, then you can count everybody and figure out or 
assume. And if you're a guy like Richard, that kind of thing matters. That's what I'm saying. If you're a real player, that's the kind of thing that matters. And that's why they do it in each subsequent season, which makes totally more sense. Anyways, so the weather is really uh, (laughs) fucking horrible. And Jeff is like, listen, you can stay here if you want to. All the survivors are like looking around being like, "Um, because there's no shelter. What's happening? He's like, yeah, (laughs) I don't want you guys to walk through through the jungle again, which is also such a construct of season one, because all the seasons after this nobody's walking through a jungle they have like a Mm -hmm. speedboat or some sort of jeep Mm -hmm. that's taking them to and fro like come on regardless um what a nice extension of um generosity he's pretty magnanimous that jeff probst he's so beautiful Thank you so much for listening to back to reality a reality tv time machine that's alex allwine And that's Jordan Skinner. (laughs) If you want to get in touch with us, you can follow us on Twitter at back to TV reality. That's back T O T V reality. Hashtag B two R. If you want to just, you know, get direct with it. Letter B number two, (laughs) letter R. It's a great hashtag. All the kids are using it. Uh Uh-huh. Also, (laughs) all all those hip young kids. Oh boy, I feel creepy <laughs> saying that. We move on. We're moving on. Also, <laughs> please check out our Patreon page. Mm-hmm. That's patreon.com slash B2R. Yeah, we would really appreciate it. We're looking to buy some new mics. We're looking to buy a, a domain name. Anything some that you have available. A Lamborghini. You're Lamborghini. right. Lamborghini. Lamborghini. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're looking to make a lot of sort of financial advances in lifestyle our changes uh, <laughs> swimming pools movie stars that mm-hmm, sort of that thing. sort of thing so if you want to contribute to that we would be very much appreciative of that um, also um i know snail mail is really slow but i've heard of this new thing it's like, like an electronic an electronic yeah. mail is there a way that people can reach us through that sort of mm. Internet. We also have a email address that you can contact, which is back to t o t v reality at gmail dot com. If you have comments, concerns, personal problems, or just a you know, it all goes straight to spam, and we're probably not going to read it. But <laughs> we're not going to read it. <laughs> it's like do it anyway, you know. I think on the off chance that it is read, we might put it on the podcast because we have time. Maybe you have time. Yeah. Are we fighting? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, or if you want to like send some sort of anonymous note to Jordan's roommate, um, whose name is Lor- Lorenzo Lamas. <laughs> His name is Kaiser Soze. This will all be bleeped out. <laughs> Every single part of it. His name is Jethro Tull. Uh, His name is Samantha Taggart. Um, He is a whistleblower for the CIA. And he would love to hear what you have to say. Next week on Back to Reality. So the, the next episode is season one, episode four, entitled Too Little, Too Late. A huge storm pummels the castaways. I'm excited for that Mm. one, aren't you? Yeah. It's a rainstorm, people. It's a rainstorm. (laughs) Sean says, uh, I had a vision. Mm. Uh, It said I should build a bowling alley. Bowling! That makes so much (laughs) sense. And then we have a quick cut to Richard in a confessional who says, I know the resolution to the conflict. I know what it might be. But I'm planning something sneaky. You remember? You ever watched that show, that movie, Galaxy Quest? Mm-hmm. I forget what actually happens. It's one of the best movies I've. I ever... know that there are like aliens that are kind of greenish. Mm-hmm. Um, Thermians. Yeah. But uh, you are our only hope. Yeah, and then Sigourney Weaver's like shirt gets like broken Mm -hmm. until her cleavage. Sam Rockwell, Alan Rickman. Yeah, he. 
No, Sam he Rockwell doesn't. doesn't. Alan it's Rickman just, does. No, he Al- doesn't. No, you're right. Sam Alan Rockwell's Rickman. like, I'm the guy in the red shirt. I'm the guy that's gonna die. Blah blah blah. Have you ever wake watched up. the show? Exactly. Exactly. I don't have a. I don't have a last name, man. Yeah, it's a great <sighs> movie. I think I mean, probably. Not really. No, it's like one of the best movies. I, I swear to God, I watched that movie like it's once. Really, no, it's so something's good. gotta give. So. It's a Nancy Meyer movie with uh, Academy Award winner Diane Keaton and Jack Nicholson. So, are you turning us off? I'm pretty sure <laughs> I, I, it, it, my editing version of myself cut a long time ago, <laughs> but I was just enjoying the conversation. 